On this episode of the Highlander Podcast, we talk with Jen Levy, Executive Director for ANCA, the Association of Nature Center Administrators based in Logan, Utah. We discuss the importance of nature centers, diversity, equity, and inclusion in the outdoors, and the value of outdoor education. Welcome back, everyone, to the Highlander Podcast. This is Chase Anderson, and I'm here with Jen Levy, uh, Executive Director of the Association of Nature Center Administrators, or ANCA. Correct. And you're based here in Logan, Utah. Yes. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what ANCA is? Uh, What is this organization? Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, The Association of Nature Center Administrators, we're a professional association solely for the top-level administrators of nature centers and science schools, environmental learning centers, so executive directors, uh, managers, board members, and other top-level administrators, so development directors, education directors. We provide support services for those folks who often find themselves in a top-level leadership position, but they haven't necessarily had the training or the background to give them the skills they need. So that's what we do. How long has Inca been around? Inca, right now we're celebrating our 30th year. Wow. Yeah, Inca was formed in 1989, incorporated about five or six years later. So um, has been around for, for quite a while. Was it always based here in Logan? No, no, it wasn't. Okay. Um, when I got the job of executive director, which was about 12 and a half years ago, I had the option of moving Inca to where I was, which was here. Um, I had been a student at Utah State. I did my graduate work here and was director of Stokes Nature Center. Um, And I was a member of ANCA. And so I was very familiar with what ANCA provided. It really was my lifeline. (laughs) So um, when I I became the director, I moved ANCA here from uh, Dayton, Ohio. ANCA was incorporated in the state of Ohio and housed at a nature center there. And so I moved the offices here. So what was the motivation for the creation of this type of association for nature centers? Good question. The motivation was really the need to connect with other top-level administrators. Um, There really wasn't a professional association for, for directors. There were professional associations for people who worked with kids in the outdoors, for people that who's really their charge was developing programming for centers, but not administrators. And anyone who's in a top-level position, it can be a lonely position, <laughs> um, especially with maybe a nature center, because most likely you're going to be the only nature center in town. And if you look at nature centers here in Utah, although there are more than there used to be, you might be the only nature center in your state or region. Uh, So ANCA was formed by a group of founding members. There were about a dozen founding members because they needed to have a peer network and to get together um, and and share their challenges, their successes, and also um, create opportunities for professional development. It sounds like an incredible organization, and and we're fortunate to have it right here in our backyard Mm -hmm. in in Cache Valley and and in the state. What what are the state, like, what's the state of nature centers in Utah right now? How many are there in the state? That's a really good question, and my honest answer is I'm not 100% sure. And if you ask me how many nature centers are in the country or or globally, I couldn't answer because... 
um, there isn't really a, a set definition of what makes a nature center. I mean, certainly people self-select if Inca offers programs and services for them as a center. Um, but we have, you know, still a handful, half a dozen or so. Um, Ogden Nature Center is the oldest uh, nature center in the state of Utah. And so they kind of represent a classic uh, independent nonprofit nature center that very much is, you know, serving their community. And then, of course, here in Logan, we have Stokes Nature Center. Um, but there are others. Uh, currently, Tracy Aviary in Salt Lake is developing a nature center to serve the west side of the valley down there. And so we've been working with them and their education staffer who's been, um, who's in charge of that effort. And so the state of nature centers, you know, it depends on where you are, um, but we are still growing the number of nature centers nationwide. Do you find that you're getting in and helping organizations like Tracy get up and going? Is that where you spend the bulk of your time is, is helping people who are trying to get a nature center going or people who are in a new position? It's kind of the full spectrum. Um, certainly a lot of what we do is helping establish nature centers, helping people get started. Um, they might have a piece of property or recognize the need in their community for programming that is not there. Um, and so we help at that end. But we're also helping on the other end of well-established nature centers who are 20 or 30 plus years old who are just now going through succession of their top level leader. We're seeing a fairly significant retirement of administrators in the field. And so we work with those administrators developing their succession plan. We work with the boards who are charged all of a sudden with finding their next leader. And everything in between. We're working as well with people who are mid-career and might aspire to be a top-level administrator, but not quite sure how to, to get there. Um, and also centers who are, are breaking out of some of, you know, maybe the more traditional programming that you associate with nature centers and wanting to broaden their mission. Um, and so it's, it is new and it's older centers and everything in between. You offer a variety of services to nature centers and administrators and these directors all over the country, but how would you boil down your mission and the services that you offer to nature centers? Uh, we share best practices. Um, we promote leadership. And so what that means for a director is, first of all, recognizing that you are in an industry and there are peers around the country. It's a very supportive group of peers as well. And I remember when I was executive director at Stokes Nature Center, because that's um, really how I was introduced to, to ANCA, that feeling of who do I turn to for advice outside of my community, that's important. Um, to know who who are the mentors in this field. And so I would say that's number one to what we do is providing that network of professionals who are very willing to, to share. I mean, our mission statements might read differently, nature center to nature center, but we're all trying to connect people to nature. And as a whole, the group is very willing to support each other, especially those who are veterans in their careers or have retired they want to still contribute to the profession. And so we see these folks come back and they are mentors in our mentor program. They provide programming at our region meetings and our national conference, our summit each year. So on a high level, why nature centers? Why are nature centers important to our communities, to the country, to, to the world? I'd be curious to hear 
even on like a micro level and a macro level, why you think nature centers are so important? They're very important. Um, I like to think of a nature center as a community center. And if you were to travel, I would like that to be the first place that someone goes for information on the community. Um, I mean, you know, you can look at the values centers provide locally in terms of education. Um, education for all ages is pretty primary, of course, at these centers. Um, but more and more, maybe not so much here in Utah, although I just traveled down to um, south of Salt Lake this weekend, and wow, the growth is pretty significant. And if you look at the country as a whole, green spaces, access to the outdoors is really being limited and people are getting cut off. And so more and more centers are um, providing green space and they're recognizing their role in, in land conservation and preserving large chunks of land, which in turn provide green space, recreation opportunities, um, wildlife habitat. They help keep the water clean, the air clean. And so there's a lot more benefit to centers than, you know, educating school kids, which is kind of your, your classic program is having school kids come out to a center. And that is still important, um, but there's a lot more. In addition, a nature center provides really an array of partnership opportunities within a community and partnerships with other organizations like land conservancies, um, Audubon Society, other conservation groups, but also local businesses. Um, and so some of our larger centers, in addition to all of this, they employ upwards of you know dozens to maybe 100 folks on staff. And so there's an economic impact for some of our larger centers. I'd be curious to know how many nature centers are there as a part of your or your association? How many members do you have? Individuals, we have around 730 members, but um, they represent more like 350 centers. Some of our members, we do have a student membership. We have an associate membership for folks who are maybe mid-career aspiring to be leaders, and then, of course, uh, directors and, and managers. And so a single center, like Stokes Nature Center, might have two of their professional staff listed as members of, of ANCA. And so um, there's a lot of room for, for growth for our membership. I'd love to hear your perspective, having been the director of Stokes Nature Center, been involved there, and now in this uh, position. How unique is it to have something like Stokes Nature Center in our community and maybe speak to the value of that organization and the impact that it's had here locally? I would say that we're very lucky. I think there's an assumption because of the um, access to public lands. I mean, we're very lucky here in northern Utah and having so much access to public lands compared to a lot of other parts of this country. But a lot of kids aren't necessarily getting out in those um, in those areas. I mean, I remember when I was at Stokes Nature Center, we took local fifth graders to various spots in the canyon that a lot of us are familiar with. Uh, Tony Grove, um, the Limber Pine Trail. And for a lot of these kids, it was the first time they had ever seen these places. And so a nature center like Stokes provides that first introduction. And they provide it in a way that's safe, but also um, helping young kids develop a comfort level in the outdoors, which is really, really important. 
more so maybe in other parts of the country. I mean, we're still a pretty outdoor-oriented population, but it's changing. And so I would say that we're very lucky to have a place like Stokes Nature Center. Um, and it's beyond working just with kids. It's also providing programming for, for all ages. Um, and one thing that's really pretty great about Stokes Nature Center is their nature preschool, which is a big trend in um, education and in nature centers throughout the country. And I think that they are the first nature preschool in Utah. So we should be proud of that and feel lucky that we have that here. I think we take for granted some of, especially the outdoor recreation opportunities, the organizations that are here in our community. Um, how do you interface with the public and, and let people know that your organization is, is here in the community and in Utah? Because I it's really significant that you're here, um, but how public-facing is the organization, or are you mostly working with professionals at the nature centers? Yeah, mostly working with professionals at the nature centers. Um, one thing that I've tried to do over the last few years is grow our staff so that we can be a little more um, open in our marketing and what we're in the services that we provide and also taking our role of promoting nature centers and the importance of nature centers, um, you know, up to the, to the next level. I mean, our primary mission is, is sharing best practices and supporting good leadership, but at the same time, we need to work for the industry of nature centers and share why they're important and why people should care and, and get involved and support centers. In your role, do you find yourself having to point people in the direction of resources a lot of the time? And yes, here's here's you know a funding source to get you know a program or initiative off the ground. Or in your state, this is who you should talk to. Mm -hmm. um, is is that safe to say a, a yes. lot of what you're working on? Absolutely. Um, often we'll deal with a group of volunteers. I mean, if you look at the history of a lot of nature centers. They have the best startup stories because it's usually a group, just like here at, with Stokes Nature Center, a group of very dedicated volunteers, individuals, who know that a nature center is important to the community. But it's pretty daunting. How do you start this task? How do you start a center? And often people think, you know, we need a building, we need programs, we need exhibits, but you really need to approach it as you're growing and starting a business. And so often what we do is point people in the direction of those types of resources, developing a business plan, conducting a feasibility study, uh, developing a marketing plan, what will your funding resources be, what does your staffing model need to look like. It's the less fun aspect of starting a center, but you need to have a strong foundation. Developing your foundation and then developing your priorities of where you want to head and then staying focused. And so we provide resources to help with all of that. Um, our mentor program has really grown in the last several years. We'll match people around the country who are in need of just a little bit of guidance, so someone who's a little more experience. Um, we also do consulting. But often what we do is we introduce people to external resources as well. How are most uh, nature centers funded currently? Is it state or local funding, federal? It's varied. Um, the majority of our members are private nonprofits, and so they have to raise their funds. 
We do have centers who are government funded. They might be a city or county run uh, facility. There are university facilities as well. But often they still have to raise money outside of, of those line item budgets that might serve them. So they might partner with a friends group, which is a separate 501c3 nonprofit organization specifically tasked with raising money for a center. And the fundraising piece is critical to a lot of centers and finding a balance too. Uh, and so fundraising includes, of course, foundation grants. And typically that's soft money for programs that eventually have to be self-sustaining. And so you need to look to your community and grow your donor base among the individuals and the members of your community. And then another really important piece of it is earned income. Um, you can't give your programs away. And so we work with a lot of centers in developing fee-based programming that will help sustain them as well. How do you think um, Stokes Nature Center is doing, and how do you feel like the community is or is not embracing that as a resource? I think that the community, the community that I interact with really loves Stokes Nature Center. Um Stokes is a smaller center, but that doesn't mean that it needs necessarily to, to grow much bigger. It means that it's, it fits the, the size of the community. Um, it was started, I mean, it's named for Alan and Alice Stokes, and so there's still a huge emotional attachment to that legacy, and, and that's really important. And I would say that one thing that Stokes has done really well is maintain the importance of that legacy over the years. Um, developing relationships with schools, they've done a really good job of uh, developing good school programs that fit the need of local teachers, and so there's a lot of support there from the education community as well. They have good ties with the university, and that's key. Um, and I think they're looking at some pretty exciting projects right now. I'm not as familiar with those and where they are in you know, their road to, to growth, um, but they have a new director and I think they're on the right path. Yeah, it's exciting to see some of the traction that they've gained, property that, that they've acquired recently up the canyon, and they're, they're honestly in the most prime position, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, you've maybe it's you can't really see it as you're driving through the canyon it's mm -hmm. a little bit of a hidden gem but right there at the mouth of the canyon is is kind of a prime spot for people who want to who, who are a little daunted by the mm -hmm. outdoors um and how to get outside that's right. a great place to stop on your way in the canyon and say well you know what what should i do up the canyon or mm -hmm. how do i get outside or you know how do i kind of get into this industry. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the canyon. Um, Stokes, as well as a lot of other nature centers, they take their program on the road and mm -hmm. do outreach programs. They might go to schools, but they'll also meet people at other natural areas. Um, and so that's important. Their presence is more than just their building, wherever it might be located. Right. So what's your personal path into the industry? You mentioned um, spending time with Stokes and being involved there. Um, what drove you to be a part of the Nature Center community? Well, uh, and what keeps you here? Keeps you doing it every day? Yeah, well, what keeps me here is the people that I get to work with um, throughout the country. The board that I work with, the board, um, they're members of the organization, so most are Nature Center directors. 
and then the community of, of nature centers and really the amazing work that some centers are doing. That's what keeps me doing the work that I'm doing. Um, my path, I worked at nature centers from when I was an undergrad. Um, I did my undergrad at UMaine and uh, a while ago and knew I wanted to be in informal science and outdoor education, but I didn't quite know my role. And so I worked at various centers. I ended up at a center in Colorado for a while, in Pueblo, Colorado. Um, and that's when, um, it was shortly after that, they ended up here in, in Logan for graduate school. And I attended uh, the graduate program at Teton Science Schools 25 years ago. They just celebrated 25 years of their graduate program. And it was there that I discovered that I wanted to be in charge. <laughs> I wanted to be in charge of an organization and um, came back and got involved with the organization or the group of people that were starting Stokes Nature Center and was the director for almost the, all of the first 10 years and then was introduced to ANCA. And when ANCA decided to hire its first executive director, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so threw my hat in the ring and ended up moving Inca here. And that was 12 and a half years ago. And and what keeps you here in Logan running it here? Well, we fell in love with Logan, my husband and I. We both came here. Well, he came here for graduate school. And I followed him and eventually, you know, did my master's here. And it's the recreational opportunities of Utah that, that keep us here. Um, skiing mountain biking, paddle boarding, hiking. It's just a beautiful place to live. And that's important to us to have that kind of access. I've lived in places where you have to drive 45 minutes to an hour just to, you know, get out and go for a walk. So we're incredibly lucky here. And that helps keep me working successfully at my job right. as well. Yeah. When I'm having a tough day and I'm not as productive as I should be. Even just getting out, you know, taking a walk, going for a bike ride in the canyon, or taking a half a day and going skiing, I'm much more productive. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, everyone we've talked to has mentioned that they mm -hmm. love being a part of the outdoor recreation industry, mm -hmm. outdoor education, um, because it was first and foremost their passion, right? right. And now it's their job, and mm -hmm. um, and it hasn't diminished the passion for a lot of people. I've, I've I imagine that hasn't happened with you. Not the at work all. Hasn't no, not at all. I mean, certainly it's harder to get away. Mm -hmm. um, I look back fondly on my days as a graduate student. I never thought I would say that when I was a graduate student, but the flexibility that I had in my schedule, it gets harder when you get older, um, but it's even more important to maintain that access. And the other thing that really keeps me motivated is making sure that I work hard to support the people who are trying to provide access and get kids comfortable and even adults in the out of doors. I was really lucky my parents did that for us. I grew up in northern New Jersey and yet I spent a lot of time outside. We explored the woods around my home. We would go, you know, sneak into the golf course across the street and play in the ponds until we got kicked out. And my parents both grew up in New York City but really appreciated what it meant to be outdoors. And so our family vacations were camping um, in the Adirondacks or going to beaches and exploring in the sand. And so I just want to make sure that we continue to provide these opportunities uh, for not just kids, but for everybody. Right. That leads me uh, actually really well into one of my next questions. Um, you know, maybe I should tee it up first. The industry... 
I feel like has a few issues that mm-hmm. needs to work through, especially an image issue mm-hmm. that the outdoors is only for those who are the extreme, right. the person who's climbing the most difficult route, um, the most intense skier. Um, and that's, a, I feel like a lot of the brands that push that, mm-hmm. it's kind of this aspirational athlete, um, and that can exclude a lot of people yes. and can be very daunting. I, you know, I'm not extreme at all. Um, you know, I'm, I, I like to go on bike rides and I like to go on pretty tame hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see how someone would see that imagery and think, well, the outdoors isn't for me. Right. Um, and on, on your website, there's a very prominent um, part of the website that's dedicated to diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI mm-hmm. initiatives. Can you speak to that and the importance of making sure that nature centers are a place where everyone can be introduced to, to the outdoors? And the outdoors isn't just the mountain regions of the country. Um, you can enjoy the outdoors in a big city. Yes. It's just a different type of activity or it looks slightly different. You're right. You can go hiking in New York City. Um, and so it's an important part of what we're doing right now. It's actually one of the strategic initiatives that we are working on. It was something that we identified in our last strategic planning process as a priority. And a lot of organizations around the country are doing work towards diversity, equity, and inclusion, and justice. Um For nature centers, for environmental learning centers and science schools, it's important for a number of reasons. Certainly, you want to serve your community. And in order to do so, you need to be reflective of your community. And it doesn't just mean identifying the needs of your community and trying to serve them. It also means identifying the assets that your whole community will bring to an organization. And so you have to involve all members of the community in developing your organization and your programs um, to make sure that you truly are serving the whole community. I mean, the demographics in this country are changing. We know where we're headed. And so we have to be reflective of the community members. For our industry, it's equally important to bring people up through the ranks in terms of staff at these facilities. We need to look at What are the unconscious biases that are preventing people from working at nature centers and science schools? Um, You know, a lot of people talk about how it's not necessarily a profession you can retire from, and we're trying to change that. You know, we want people that are really good um, naturalists and good program coordinators to stay in the field and to be able to afford to live. And that's a part of DEI work, is making sure that it's a field that people wanna work in. And I think that's important for the whole outdoor industry. And you're right, we have to be careful that we're not presenting the extremes. I mean, I'm certainly not in that category. I enjoy skiing and hiking and biking, um, but in a way that's accessible to me and to a lot of other people. And so we need to promote that as well. Where are some of the nature centers across the country that are doing a really good job when it comes to DEI initiatives? Are there any success stories off the top of your head um, of groups that are doing a really good job or? We, um, there, there are, um, there are centers that are looking at, for example, their hiring practices and really taking a fine-tooth comb to, say, their application process. 
And, you know, one small example for a lot of jobs at nature centers is, do you really need a bachelor's degree? Or is there equivalent experience that someone could come in and you provide on the job training? So that's an area that some centers are doing a really good job of, um, you know, looking at those requirements and, um, and providing more on-the-job training so that education, which might not be accessible, you know, to everyone, um, is not necessarily the roadblock that's keeping people from applying for jobs. We also need to think about... Um, we need to think about our advertising as well and what we, you know, what we look like and, you know, people, you know, they're going to be looking for people that look like them. They're going to be looking for people that, that sound like them, that like to do the same things. I have one small example of um, someone who wore, got very dressed up for a job interview for a naturalist job at a nature center. And the, the center, you know, they're used to seeing people in outdoor gear and maybe in more expensive clothing for the out of doors. And so, you know, this is just a small example of bias that someone might bring into a hiring process. And so that's one area where people are really in the field are, are, are looking at making changes. Also, um, multi-generational programming is really important for some centers, you know, recognizing that they need to provide programming for the entire family and all generations. And so there are centers around the country that are, that are doing that as well. Um, we brought our national conference, our summit, to the lower Rio Grande Valley of Texas uh, last year in, in 2018. And that's a really, that's an interesting area in terms of nature centers because there were like 21 nature education facilities in a pretty small area. I mean, one town alone has three nature centers wow. in it. Um, and so, it was it was an amazing place to bring our conference to showcase all the different types of centers and there were private nonprofit there were centers associated with Texas state parks there were federal uh, funded uh, facilities as well and they have done a fantastic job of working with i mean the population there is 90% latinx and not only are they providing programming for their community but also they're bringing kids up through the field to you know, to work at these at these sites as well, and so that was an area that um, we looked to, and and um, there are some programs and some practices there that can be modeled throughout the country. Oh, that's exciting! Is there anything that's happening here locally in 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 the state that is exciting to you um, along these same lines with these initiatives? Well, I'm excited about the project that Tracy Aviary is working on in Salt Lake because urban facilities are just as important, um, you know, as going, heading out to a nature center, mm -hmm. you know, traveling to a center maybe with more land, more property. And so bringing the mission of a nature center to an urban area is, is pretty exciting to me. That's great. Um, do you mind talking a little bit about the summit and uh, what members can expect um, at the summit, what, what are people looking for when they come together? Is it just that community? Is it, That's is it working with other it. professionals? Yeah. What is that summit like? The summit, um, it, once a year, we hold our summit and we hold it at a member center. So we move it around the country. 
this past year it was at the Cincinnati Nature Center, which is uh, a 50 plus year old nature center. They have the largest member uh, number of members, uh, member households of a, any center around the country. So it's impressive um, how they support their community. And they have um, a lot of programs that other centers are looking to model. And so that was important to pick a center that could provide all of these things, plus the logistics of hosting upwards of 200 people. So our summit, we do offer workshops with speakers that have information relevant to running a center. Um, for example, fundraising, strategic planning, HR, you know, personnel management is, is important, but also trends and programming. So we did sessions on nature playscapes as well as nature preschools. And then we, w what's unique about the summit is we recognize the expertise within the membership. And so a lot of what we organize at the summit are facilitated discussions among our members. And so we have individuals who will facilitate the people in the room around a topic. And so people share successes, they share failures, which is as important, of course. Um, and so it truly is a professional development opportunity with a very close group of, of peers that are very supportive. Um, this year was uh, also a year that we brought in a keynote speaker who I was very excited about. And anybody with a community organization that's trying to better serve their community should look up Nina Simon um, and check out her website and her effort um, of by for all about working with um, everyone in your community for developing programs. And so that's the other piece of it is trying to help people stay on top of trends in the profession. Oh, that's great. Well, this has been a really good conversation. I, I've learned a lot. It's nice to know that you're here right in our backyard. Um, it's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, we, we love having you here. Um, you know, and every day I seem to find another organization or another person who's doing something really interesting relating to the outdoor recreation mm -hmm. industry here in Cache Valley. Um, and, and the whole point of these conversations is to shed light on these great resources and people who are doing incredible things right here in our community. So I appreciate everything that you're doing. The national impact that you're having uh, is really impressive. Um, and so thanks for all the work that you're doing and for taking the time to come on. Um, how can we reach you? How can people stay in touch with you and, and hear what Anka is working on? The best way is to check out our website. Um, it would be great if it was Anka.org, but it's not. It's, uh, it's N-A-T-C-T-R. Org. It's short for, for Nature Center, but they can just Google Association of Nature Center Administrators and find our website and find a member center to visit. Um, everyone should get out and visit their local nature center. And also, we have a map. If you travel around the country, go visit nature centers when you when you travel. Um, it's important. And, and then feel free to give a call with any questions um, that you have. Oh, that's great. Well, again, Jen, thanks for taking the time. It's been great to have you here and great thank to you. talk through this. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you for providing the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found and enjoy more stories and content at highlandermag.com.